Access Credit Union has always been at the heart of our community through good and bad times. We want to continue to play our part in helping our community through the COVID-19 crisis. As businesses reopen, we encourage our community to work together by staying local, borrowing locally and spending locally. Access Credit Union is here to help. Close your eyes and pull like a dog. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham County, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined on this week's show by Star Sport editor Kieran McCarthy who's returning after a well-deserved two-week break. Before we kick things off, this week I'd just like to give a gentle reminder to our listeners and viewers to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. The more ratings, reviews and subscribers we get, the more we can continue to grow the podcast. Now, on with the show. On this week's podcast, we'll be chatting to Cork captain Paul Kerrigan following their comfortable 5-19 to 16 points win over Loud last weekend. The result ensured Cork were promoted as champions and saw Paul become possibly the first player ever to win medals in Division 1, 2 and 3 of the National Football League. We'll also hear from Neve Cotter, who's back living in Glengariff and back training with the Cork ladies footballers. Neve spoke to Jer McCarthy about balancing her studies with football, the dual player debate we touched on last week, and her excitement about being back involved with Cork ahead of the championship. But Kieran, first and foremost, welcome back. Had you a nice break? You chose a good time to get back to work. Yeah, good to be back, Jack. I left. We're looking forward to West Cork final, county semi-finals. Busy, plenty of games coming on, and I'm back now. And there's absolutely nothing on the club scene, but at least we have the intercounties. So it's um, strange times again. But after the year that is, I think we're well used to it. But um, good to be back, and good to see you. Good to see you haven't yet got a haircut, which I think is probably a, a bigger talking point at this stage, Jack. How long has it been now? Uh, I couldn't really say exactly. Probably sometime in February or March. But I think I'm going to make it through two government mandated lockdowns without getting my hair cut which at least I'll have one achievement under my belt for 2020 but enough about my hair Kieran because we could talk all day about how cool it is let's talk about Cork football they were back in action last weekend they had a good win the man we're going to talk to in a few minutes Paul Kerrigan was in good form he picked up as Polly Palmer tweeted out he reckons he's the first player to ever win division one two and three national football league medals but just quickly to look ahead to this weekend, Kieran, Cork are scheduled to play Longford in the National Football League. And as we record this, that game is still going ahead, but it's not entirely certain whether it will or not. No, it's kind of looking doubtful at this stage, Jack. Um, there's talks that Longford are going to kind of concede the game to to Cork. Um, they're viewing it as a dead rubber, so they don't see the point in Cork travelling up to Pierce Park on, on Sunday to play that game which is bad news for Cork, I think, to be honest, because the big game coming up is Kerry Cork in the Munster Senior Football Championship. It's a semi-final on November 8th in Parky Cueve, and Cork need games. Um, the Cork game against Loud last weekend was their first game in obviously months. I think it was March 1st when they beat Derry. So what's we finally talking there? Seven months, six, seven months without a game. So um, Cork will be rusty. Every county in the country, every county in the country, yeah, will be rusty too. So, 
Um, I think it's a shame for Cork if they don't have this game on Sunday because they'll be going into their game against Kerry more undercooked. Um, but looking at the positives, Cork got promotion. That's the big thing. That's the big news out of last Sunday's win against Slough. They put up 519. It was a much-changed Cork team. They were missing a lot of regulars, but they still scored 519. They clinched promotion back to Division 2, which is a rare positive in a in a bleak year in general. Um, many will say that Cork should have been in Division 3 in the first place, but the reality is that they were. They were there because they got relegated last year, kind of. So all they could control was getting back out of Division 3 and getting back up to Division 2. And they've done it. And they've done it in style too, Jack. They won their six games in a row. Obviously, there was a break in between the first five and the last one. But they've still won their first six games. And they're going up as champions. So kind of it's mission accomplished for Cork. Um, they're moving in the right direction. But like I said, I think it's if the game against Longford doesn't go ahead this Sunday, which looks to be the case, it's... It's a shame for Cork because, like I said, they need games before that showdown with Kerry. Yeah, and we mentioned on last week's show that they'd won their first five games um, by an average scoreline of at least five points. That obviously will have grown significantly after the win over Loud. They haven't done the maths just yet, but uh, we can we can assume the probably average went up to eight or nine points. And that's all well and good, but as you say, it's not going to be great preparation for a Kerry team that looked in great nick on Saturday or Sunday against Monaghan 100% because Kerry had a good win away to Monaghan now this weekend Kerry are playing Donegal in Tralee and if Kerry win that game they're going to be Division 1 champions and there's obviously a huge gulf in class between Division 3 opposition and Division 1 opposition so Cork will be going into the Munster semi-final against after coming off a win against a poor low team, while Kerry will be going into the Munster semi-final after back against games against Monaghan and Donegal. So obviously, kind of we know who has the better preparation there. And um, and Cork players needed games too, because if you look at the team against Low last weekend, there was no Brian Hurley, there was no Michael Hurley. Um, obviously, Kieran Sheen is injured. Mark Collins played the last quarter. There was no Cahill Um There was no Brian Hartnett. There was no John O'Rourke. And this is just from the from the um, Cork forward line alone. There was no Sean White um, either. So Cork were missing a lot of regulars who might have played against Longford this Sunday and who would have got valuable minutes into their legs. And it would also have cut down the gap between the low game and, and November 8th. So not the ideal preparation, but given the year that it is, like it's just out of Cork's hands. It's out of their control. There's very little they can do about it. They just have to... I suppose roll with the punches this year. Um, so, again, not ideal. But the silver lining is that Cork have won promotion. And, and I think that's a big story, Jack, because we don't know what the next couple of weeks have have in store. But Cork could finish 2020, having won Division 3, having won some silverware, having won promotion straight back up to Division 2. So that's progress. Whatever way you look at it, it's progress. Cork have won six games in a row for the first time in, I don't know how long, Cheesy must be going back seven, eight, nine, ten years or more before Cork team has won six games in a row. So what that does as well, I think it it just helps create this winning culture inside in the in the Cork camp. It makes it a very positive place to be. You've all these Cork under-20s coming off last year's All-Ireland uh, winning team. They're in the setup now. The likes of Cahill Mahoney, um, Maro Shanley from Clannacilty, Paul Ring, um, Colin McCallaghan, who played the last day. So all these young fellas are coming in now and they're getting their game time. So Cork are definitely, definitely moving in the right direction. And 
who knows on November 8th it's a one-off game it's a Munster semi-final in Parky Cueve and who knows what could happen there yeah and I think the point about them going straight back up shouldn't be overstated either because when they went down it was a lot of doom and gloom and we were covering Cork's league campaign last year on this very podcast and in the paper as well Almost every week we looked at each other and said, what's going on? This is not going well. Eventually they were relegated and the easy way out for them to be, or it could have easily fallen apart again this year. They might have just down tools, but they've rallied. They've looked really good. And if you heard Mark Collins two weeks ago on the podcast talking to Jeremy McCarthy, he was very bullish about getting in back with the core camp after Castlehaven's county campaign. So there is definite hunger in the team, despite the fact that Joe, they haven't been playing against the opposition they'd like to be playing against, but they're enjoying their football. They're winning games, as you said, and now it's all or nothing against Kerry in two or three weeks' time. But the man we're going to talk to in just a minute or two, Kieran, is Paul Kerrigan. And you mentioned Paddy Palmer's tweet after Cork secured Division Three, uh, the Division Three title, that he may well be the only player in history to have medals for the Division One, Two, and Three National Football League. Have you or Paddy been able to verify this claim? Well, I never want to doubt the great Paddy Palmer, because I'd never question he's... he's neither would I, neither would I for the record, neither would I for the record. All right, so um, it's, if it is true, it's a remarkable record. And just to actually correct you, Jack, Ian Maguire is the Cork captain. Paul Kerrigan is, is I suppose, what we call him, the experienced Cork stalwart who's been there for years. And it's a testament to Paul that he's still going strong. He scored 2-1 the last day against Loud and... His Division 2 medal came back in 2009, which was 11 years ago. And then he three Division 1 medals and now a Division 3 medal. So um, I'd say he never wanted to win a Division 3 medal. I don't think any Cork players ever did, but they've just found themselves in this position. And like you said too, Jack, they've responded in style. They've gone straight back up to Division 2. Their stay in Division 3 was short and sweet. They did, they did what they needed to do. And for the likes of Kerrigan, he'd be the first to admit that... He, there's not many years left for him, I suppose, at senior at Intercounty. He's one of the more experienced fellas. So he's keen to leave this Cork team in a very strong place. And and he's doing his part in that because at last, this Cork football team, it's pointing forward. It's, you, you kind of feel it's going somewhere. Like kind of the depth of the panel is definitely improving. Like I said, we said, they're winning games. They're back in Division 2. They're pointed in the right direction. And like we're going to hear from Paul in a second now, the next target for Cork is probably to make their mark in the Munster Senior Football Championship. 2012 was the last time that Cork won the Munster Senior Football title, which is a it's a long time ago. They're kind of what's that? It's eight years ago. Kerry have won everyone in between, so that's probably Cork's next realistic target. And as you'll hear from Paul now, they're going into the Munster Championship in good form. Delighted to be joined by the Star Sport Podcast by Paul Kerrigan and. Um, Paul, Paddy Palmer had on social media over the weekend that he thinks you're the first man in the country to win Division 1, Division 2 and Division 3 National Fo- Football League medals, which is a record in itself. But um, more important than that, I suppose, for Cork football to get bounced straight back up to Division 2, how important is that? Yeah, it's very, very, very important, um, I suppose, in Division 3. Um, like you, you just want to get up to the top two divisions. The second division I was on very, uh, very, very competitive over the last couple of years. You saw Ross Common Armad there on telly uh, the other night. So for our point of view, we were very unlucky probably to go down. Um, like last year in the last couple of minutes, we were still in Division Two and then we we went down. Um, so it's very important that we bounced back and got out of it. Um, so yeah, look, we're six out of six for Division Three, which is which is really good going. Hope we can finish off next week if if there's a game. 
it's the strangest of times at the moment. We all know that. So is it almost a relief now that Cork have been able to, to, to secure promotion back? Because go back to the start of the year in brilliant shape, won five out of five on the cusp of getting promotion. But then obviously COVID-19 hit and we know what happened after that. So is it a relief now that you have secured promotion back to Division 2? Yeah, it's kind of funny, really. Like, um, the, the, it was obviously pulled only a couple of days before the load game, the last thing, and a point would have, would have put us up. So, and it's just funny, it's because this game is only a couple of weeks out, a month or so, like from Championship. So, nearly the Championship takes over the focus. And I didn't even think about promotion, really. We were just kind of using the game and um, as preparation, really. And it was our first game back. So, I'd say there was a lot of kind of nerves just to see, because training was going well. Um, just to see how, how, how it went and um, yeah look uh, for a lot of lads it's their first silverware and like a lot of them have gone down through the leagues myself included so it's nice to have a bit of positivity and go up like I think it's, it's good to we had a good championship last year relatively and to back it up with, with getting promotion is a very good sign How did you keep that momentum going that you'd built up earlier in the year or was it impossible to keep that going because it's, it's two different seasons it's five out of five the start of the year kind of flying high top of division three you've had that break Jeez, what is it, six months or so now since the last game, or more probably. So how did you, I suppose, keep the show on the road and keep, keep that positivity? Yeah, things like this, Zoom was very, um, very, very prominent. And again, like we'll be using it tonight for our, our video analysis, stuff like that, because you know, we can't meet up. So like this has become very popular. Um, we had to allow, we got our programs like for maybe five, five out of the seven days in a week. Um, and you have to log it straight back into the WhatsApp and we have another app uh, for our wellness and all that stuff. So that all went in daily. And then in fairness to them, like, when kind of the lockdowns got a bit stricter, they just said, look, they gave us two, three weeks, let's say, away from the, from the logging in and stuff like that. And you just had to tip away and do your own stuff if you want to do something different uh, for the couple of weeks, do a bit of cycling or, or whatever, um, just to keep fit. And I think that break helped fellas as well. It broke the monotony maybe of, of doing the sessions. Um, and then, like I suppose, uh, the club championships then really took over, and I think I think I'd say from speaking to a lot of fellas, they really enjoyed that and they got the most out of it. And then once we came back, um, I've been the standard has been amazing. To be honest with you, the, like the, I think they had small numbers for the first couple of weeks, and then obviously as fellas started to get knocked out, and then when the county finals went, it was thirty odd, nearly forty back training. And in fairness, it's a good sign of the the squad um, the, the shape and and the pace uh, that we when we came back. So it's. Um, yeah, it's a good sign, and look, hopefully it'll, it'll all lead to, to the Kerry game. Ronan McCarthy mentioned that after the low game, I suppose the strength and depth that Cork have built up now, when you see the players that were missing, the Brian Hurleys and so on, and others, Kiran Sheen is injured, and Liam O'Donovan and a few more, but to put up yeah. 519 against Lowe, like that, that, that's a big score. Yeah, like, um, I've seen the forward line alone, I counted, like, there was about eight forwards missing, about six of which have played senior championship already, and the other two, I'd say, would be Brian Hartnett and Colin O'Mahony, from the 20 who've played every league game so far do you know what I mean like so there's huge quality there um, we do have a couple of season end injuries which is very un- unfortunate but probably every team is going to have that like um, so yeah look it was a good score um, I know other people will probably focus on the, the what we conceded but let's say look we, we haven't racked up five goals like that in, in a while and, and that ruthless Um so yeah, it was a good spread of scores. So it was like as I said, like it was just maybe that nerves of playing an intercounty game after the the the, the few months layoff. Um, and I think fellas look fellas warmed to the task fairly quick, and we got a good result out of it. And it's playing an intercounty game again in the strangest of settings. But no offense there. Even talk me through Paul. I suppose the pre-match routine because usually you kind of meet up for food early in the day. You might go to Roaches on Park Hotel. Kind of you meet up for a team meeting. 
but it was all all different last Saturday. Yeah, like um, uh, for everyone, it's three hours beforehand, and then you count down from three hours. Um, and like if we meet in Rochestown Park, fellas are usually mingling around, have their food, have a bit of a walk, get a stretch, get a run, whatever. And then they're eating, and then it's bus, and then you're into game. You know, but the last day, I suppose, for fellas down your way, it might have been a bit different uh, traveling up, you know, um, uh, closer to the game. But like, like, it might be no harm to have the food at home, you know, fellas are so used to it with the club championship and all that. And then, like, we literally met, we all sat in the stand in the park, park and just had a bit of a walk on the pitch. Um, there was a physio there if you wanted, and then we all went up to the concourse, which is up by, let's say, the premium level, and there's loads of space there, have a chair all spread out. Don't do your warm up back in out on the pitch. Uh, once you get there, it's fairly normal. Do you know what I mean? It's just um, the eating and stuff at home. But I suppose I've had plenty of practice now to, with the club championship, like having at least um, three or four games of doing that routine. And um, look, it's um, I suppose look, it was different. And look, we kind of it worked out well enough for us. It'll be different now going away next week. But that'll be an experience as well. I suppose there's so much talk at the moment about the GA championship, and we don't know about the next couple of weeks and months ahead. But from a player's point of view, I presume you all want to feel safe in the environment that, that you're that you're training training in and playing at the moment. How do you feel with everything going on? Uh, unbelievably safe, to be honest with you. Um, like I was reading the league from manager, like they had tr- trouble fielding a team. We've been very lucky um, that like we've had nothing really cases and, and haven't been tested in that and had no cases. So um, like it's 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 probably a credit to to the players like who are watching themselves and maybe. T- out of scenarios, um, especially the younger lads who might be in college and all that, just watch, trying to wash themselves. And look, we are big on there's uncertainty. There mightn't be training Tuesday, there mightn't be training Thursday, but every training that we do have, there's a good standard. So look, and we're playing carrying whatever two three weeks, and you just have to maybe try do your best because if you if you're if you're a close contact, you're you're out of you're out of contention there. And um, I, I think it's been a credit. I feel really safe. Aidan Keller, Doctor Khan. Uh, have been unbelievable. They're, I'd say they're up the walls now to answer the last couple of weeks, making sure everything is right. And then our medical team, let's say Colin Lane, uh, Frank Hogan and that, like the, their room, there's no one left in their room. You're, you're one-on-one, you're masked up, they're PPD up. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Your own water bottles. We just stand and keep the space with each other uh, and things like that. So I, I feel really safe, to be honest with you. And the fact we don't have any real positive cases or anything like that is, is, a, is a testament to that. Was like you said, we have to wait and see what happens over the next couple of days and weeks. But would you be hopeful that the Munster semi final against Kerry on November eighth will go ahead? Yeah, I think I think it might be. Like I've been reading a lot that it would. Um, like there's foreign against. Like people would say lift it and that. I think I know they're like we're amateurs and we have to go to work on Monday and stuff like that. Um, but as I said, like I think the option is there for players this year. If you wanted to step away, there'd be nothing said. There. Do you know what I mean? Like it's 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 fairly obvious. Um, but if you, if you do opt in. I think you have to do best practice for the, the couple of months that's in it and try to get the most out of it. Because, you, like, I'm there a long time, but you don't have many championships. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, but I think I think if it got going, I think it, people would definitely get behind it. Do you know what I mean? Like, once the soccer came back, no crowds, but it was something to watch and there was something to do and stuff like that. So, look, I know there's far and against, and, there, like, there will be naysayers. If it does go ahead, there will be naysayers. But I think once if, if it got going, I think people would probably get behind it and, and they would definitely watch it, do you know? Before, I suppose, thoughts can turn to that, that semi-final against Kerry. Longford coming up this Sunday. It's the final game of, of Division 3. Um, how important is it to finish with a perfect record? Cork have won 6 out of 6. It'd be superb to finish 7 out of 7. Yeah, like, um, at the start of the year, actually, Keane O'Neill, he would have had Kildare himself, he would have said, in uh, Division 3. And they, and they got to 5 out of 5. 
and I think they lost their last two then. So we've got to six out of six and we'd like to finish it off. Now, I don't know what, like maybe players might come back into the team and they need maybe game time to get that sharpness. Sure, I mean, the fellas who've missed the load game or else the fellas who played the last game and played well might stick in. But either way, and we'll be looking for a win. I think Longford have something riding on it, um, maybe to try push for promotion and it's a tough place to go. But um, look, the way I see it from my point of, our point of view, it's our last it's our last challenge, let's say, before the Kerry game. And it's the chance for fellas to put up their hands and it's the chance for fellas to get sharp. So I'm sure every fellow would like to play. This is obviously an away trip this Sunday. Have you decided yet how you're going to travel? We see the Kerry lads last weekend went in a car by a cars up to Monaghan. Have you made any call on that yet? Oh, I don't think so. I don't think, um, like, Ronan is big on, like, the uncertainty that we're only looking to choose the night. Do you know what I mean? And then the standard is good to choose the night. We look to Thursday night and look, uh, the management will take care of that. Yeah, the cars might happen. Um, I don't know, it might be a couple of buses. I think I saw a load with a couple of buses down below in the park uh, last weekend. So if that's it, like, you'd be well spread out in a couple of buses. You know? So, um, like, it's just, as I said, look, the best practice is there for us. It's been unbelievable so far for the last five or six weeks that we've been back. And, like, I, I definitely back our medical lads. Uh, for us travelling up the road that we'd be fairly safe as well What's it like playing football right now Paul? And is it just a relief to be back on the pitch like even the last day when, when the ball went in was it just a kind of sense of normality feeling of normality when the game kicked in? Yeah our, our big thing like in our players WhatsApp was just we're really looking forward to it do you know what I mean? I think the like I, 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 I've, the vibe has been unbelievable since we've come back I, I, I was talking to Brian Hurley let's say we were due to play each other in the in the final and like you know, you're a bit, you're a small, a bit dumb coming back training because you're you're building up the end of the the club here. But geez, once we got back, the pace has been very good, and it's great to see fellas too. Like do you know what I mean? Um, you you'd see like different fellas have come on in different ways, uh, and it's very exciting to watch. So um, look, yeah, I, like was really looking forward to it uh, last weekend, and I think most fellas were. And I think with the result and the way it's gone, the fellas who haven't played now would be really looking forward to try training this week and try getting the team against Lowe. That's the crack, like with the, the Castlehaven contingent inside. Obviously, we're all looking forward to the demo. Castlehaven going at it. We'll have to wait a couple of weeks, a couple of months for that. What's the crack with uh, Mark and Brian and yeah. Michael Hardy been like? I saw Michael and Brian Hardy decided to take the weekend off. So Luke said he'd jump. And myself and Mark were playing. We might take next weekend off. So, uh, no, it's a good crack. Um, I suppose the lad of Nemo and Castlehaven lads have been there a long time. So, um, we pro- like... From a Nemo point of view, we probably knew coming down if we wanted to win it, we'd probably have to beat the Bears, Castlehaven, probably both. So, um, look, uh, at the end of the day, when it happens, it happens. It's probably the club players you'd feel sorry for. Do you know what I mean? Like they're tipping away or whatever, and uh, with no date in sight. But um, no, it's fine. And look, we've been getting on well. And look, uh, it's just a short window with Cork notice here. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just uh, it's just trying to keep the standards and the morale very high every session, and it seems to be going pretty well so far. And finally, then I suppose obviously with the Kerry game coming up in a couple of weeks, the fact that it's a old style traditional knockout game, like on the day a result, kind of winner advances, the lo- the loser's out, that definitely had an extra bit of element and spice to the whole game. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I, I think I think the squad now got a bit close some last year, and I think over the next couple of years, I do think they will close the gap on Kerry. We haven't won a monster since uh, twenty twelve. I think uh, was the last one we won. So, like. As I said, lads have got their first piece of silver, Division Three, Division Three, got to the Super Eights last year. I think a monster title would be the next uh, step there. Do you know what I mean? So um, I think the pressure will be on Kerry. I think they found a tough going coming up to the park last year. Um, we showed a good fight. Um, and I think we've added a couple of 20s now who, who've that kind of bit of confidence um, 
since winning the All Ireland last year. Look, I suppose look, we're top of Division Three. They're nearly top of Division One, so they're two divisions above us. So like they're probably second favourites for the All Ireland behind the Dubs. So I suppose the way I see it, the pressure is on them, and we'll go out. And I I think we're in a good place, and um, hopefully we continue that over the next two or three weeks. Like you said, it's game by game, step by step. Best look against Longford this weekend, Paul. Thanks very much. Cheers. Great stuff there from Paul. Now, before we hear from Neve Cotter, I just want to pause for a minute to chat to our friends at Access Credit Union. The Star Sport Podcast is, of course, brought to you by Access Credit Union, your trusted local financial partner. Just recently, I went through the process of opening a current account with Access Credit Union, and I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that it's changed my life. I was able to open the account online during lockdown, which made the process completely hassle-free. And it was made even easier by the great support provided by Access Credit Union team leader, Amanda O'Sullivan, who joins me now. Amanda, I understand you can now apply for a credit union loan online as well. Thanks, Jack. Yeah, you can. If you thought applying for your current account was easy, um, you'll be delighted when you come to us for your car loan. Um, you can apply online just as long as you're registered for your online banking. A couple of clicks and it comes to us here in Access Credit Union. The personal touch still isn't lost. We'll still bring you back and discuss the loan with you. Um, and you can upload any supporting documents you needed, your uh, payslips, bank statements, that sort of thing. Um, we attach them here to your loan, assess the loan, and you can draw it down online. So we aim to do that all within 24 to 48 hours, depending on when you submit your documents. Um, and I suppose it was something that was in the pipeline for a while, but with COVID-19, it sped us, sped us up to, to provide the service. Um, and it's really worked out well for us. And you know, for members being able to access their funds and still draw down their loan, it's been it's been a great asset to us, really, and to the community. I suppose, yeah. Um, typically, people always have to come into the credit union to draw down their loan. And you know, for young people who may not be living in the area anymore, we were inaccessible then. So now we're back back in the market for these these members again. Um, and hopefully they will they will support us as we are supporting local businesses. And you know, with every 10 euros spent in the locality, it generates 40 euros for the local economy. So in turn, the interest that you're paying on your loan in your local credit union goes back into your local economy. So you know, everyone's helping each other with this. Great stuff. Thanks very much, Amanda. And don't forget, Access Credit Union is your trusted local financial partner. Access your money 24/7 from anywhere in the world with an Access Credit Union current account and enjoy all the benefits while keeping your money local. In February, we brought you the news in the Southern Star that Glenn Garifum and Neve Cotter was to transfer to Kilmacud Croaks in Dublin where she was based for her studies. Thankfully for Evie Fitzgerald and the Cork management team, Neve remained involved with the inter-county setup and ahead of their clash with Kerry on November 7th, she caught up with Ger McCarthy. Neve Cotter, um... It's been a while since we last spoke and a lot has happened, to put it mildly, both on and off the pitch. When we, when we last had a chat, you were on the verge of heading up to Dublin. Um, life was changing. How has that change gone for you, both on and off the field? Um, yeah, I suppose um, kind of same as anyone. It's been, I suppose, a strange year, to say the least. Um, yeah, so I'm actually... So I spent the last year in Dublin, so... Um, doing a master's in UCD so that has finished now um I suppose in March it all went online and um UCD like kind of campus like really shut down and um, so I ended up having to complete I suppose the kind of second and third part of the master's from down here in Glengariff um which was you know 
listen, I'm lucky that we have, um, we've got Wi-Fi and stuff, contrary to what a lot of people say about Glinger, but uh, we actually have great Wi-Fi. And yeah, so look, thankfully I was, um, like I, I was able to kind of, to do it from home and to work away. And look, I'd, uh, I really enjoyed the Masters and um, yeah, it worked the masters itself worked out brilliantly and uh so yeah now i'm actually just studying for my solicitor exams at the moment so still at home um and yeah so i just said that i'd kind of try carry on with the studies in the year that's in it because there's suppose there's not kind of a whole lot else um whole lot else going on so yeah just studying for those now at the moment and uh yeah so it's a, yeah, I mean, like even that, even from the academic point of view, it must be a huge change because you're, you're gearing yourself up to move up to a campus, as you said, and all that is now not there, but you're getting the chance to study and obviously being at home is nice too. But in terms of COVID, um, I know your family in particular would be on the front line of that um, and seeing a lot more of it probably than the rest of us do. Um, how difficult and how awkward, or just how, yeah, how difficult has it been in Glengar for that? Because I mean, in West Cork alone, the, the numbers are quite high. Yeah, so I suppose like initially I think West Cork was probably quite lucky in that it maybe wasn't as quite as badly affected as a lot of the urban areas, you know, particularly kind of Cork City and Dublin. But I think, as everyone knows, kind of the last, I suppose, two or three weeks has seen a massive increase in cases in West Cork. So I suppose maybe everyone got kind of a small bit complacent um, with the restrictions and everything. But um, I think people have gotten a huge scare over the last couple of weeks and I think um I think we've seen a lot of a lot of people being an awful lot more vigilant now and uh I think uh that's going to have to remain the case for the next number of weeks until we try and kind of get the second wave I suppose under control but um like it's it's just it's hugely difficult times for everyone but um I suppose everyone's kind of in it together and look um Hopefully now, you know, if we can get this under control over the next few weeks, we will start to see cases going down. Um, I think I just saw there, I think it looks like level four plus restrictions. Um, now, whatever <laughs> the plus kind of means of that. But um, look, I suppose um, there was kind of something additional restrictions kind of had to be brought in, really. Um, so look, hopefully those changes will kind of um do the job so to speak and uh yeah we can kind of um go back to i suppose our new sort of form of normality and whatever uh shape that might take the normality as you said is very different nowadays can i ask you one normality that has returned to your life is back being back with the car team um and training with the car team which is a nice bonus um has that been a kind of a relief more than anything else amidst everything that's going on an opportunity again to work with Ethan Fitzgerald and the girls and let's let's presume let's stay positive that the championship is going ahead as we expect um as i said a, a bit of a bit of routine and a bit of normality in the middle of all your studies yeah um yeah no it's it's honestly it's just been super to get back um to get back at all the girls and um yeah look we've a great setup there and i think everyone's really enjoyed being back um I suppose like we were actually just talking during the week you know like we didn't realize how much we kind of relied on football from like just a purely like mental mental aspect um like I suppose you can kind of totally switch off for that kind of two hours and you're just focusing on football and kind of I suppose in our little haven kind of COVID like kind of you know you kind of nearly forget about it in so much as possible obviously obeying all the restrictions and everything but um I suppose it's just it's great for the head first of all but um 
it's just great to be able to to meet up all the girls and meet up with all the girls and um yeah it, it's it's super i suppose having that kind of maybe sense of purpose um to your life kind of um on the pitch and you know we were actually all saying as well like we're all kind of, I suppose, a driven bunch. So we find that like when we kind of have have football back and you kind of have that drive, I suppose, to ultimately win in All-Ireland, it does kind of help you off the pitch as well and that um, you kind of become more focused about all your goals um, on and off the pitch. So, um, yeah, I think we've all just found it brilliant really being back. And uh, like if what they're saying now today is true, that it's level four plus the championship should be able to proceed as normal. And uh, hopefully we'll get clarity on that now today. But um, yeah, I, I think I think it's really been super. Um, so yeah, just I suppose looking forward to the weeks now ahead and uh, champo season, albeit uh, at a different time of year. Yeah, very different time of year. And speaking of different time of year, I just wanted all to ask before we talk about Intercounty, West Cork winning a senior club championship. How much delight I know from all the effort and all the time and the blood and the sweat and the tears that you put in. Um, how lovely a moment was that just to, to, to witness that and to see that? Yeah, oh, I was just absolutely over the moon for the girls. Like I was actually in floods of tears when uh, when I when I saw the or I was kind of, we actually had our own county final with Crokes that day and uh, I think, so say the our county final I think was maybe on at three and the girls were on at four. So I managed to catch this like kind of 20, the last 20 minutes of the live stream and we were in the car on the way back and I was shouting and roaring and uh, I'd say the girls were cracking up at me but uh, I know I, I was just, uh, when Derek Wiley got that last goal, like I, we nearly crashed the car, like it was, um, I was just brilliant. Look, I, I know exactly how much work the girls have put in and especially, you know, the likes of Brian and Anne, you've been there since the start and uh, I just, I just really couldn't, couldn't be happy, happier for for all the girls and all the management and, you know, especially, I suppose, seeing like um, Anya Terry being captain, you know, like, uh, I suppose we played together all the way up. So um, just to see her kind of lift the cup and, uh, you know, there's a great picture of her bringing the cup over to Niamh as well. And I suppose like Niamh and Anya, like, I suppose two of the players I've probably played longest with. So um, that was just a, a lovely moment for them and uh, for all their family and all the allies. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's just, uh, it's super. I was just absolutely delighted for the girls now. And uh, yeah, um, just a really, really special year for them. Um, so yeah, just just delighted for them. Um, just on that, how, what's the difference? Was there much of a difference in the quality of the Dublin Club Championship compared to what you've been used to in Cork? Um, no, I found the, the the standard in both to be very very good. Um, I suppose um, you know over the last number of years in Cork, I suppose it's been there's kind of been I suppose two teams, Moran Abbey and West Cork, that I suppose have kind of been the two most likely I think uh, to kind of to win the county. Whereas in Dublin, there's a small bit more on unpredictability um there's probably five or six teams really that like no one was kind of calling out any sort of firm favorite to um 
to win it up there. So I suppose from that aspect, um, you know, a lot of the group games even were extremely competitive. Um, like it was often coming down to the last game in the group to kind of determine who would get into the semi-finals. And like even the two semi-finals, like we were playing Nafina and we were really pushed all the way. Um, only came out of that by, I think it was five points. And uh, Fox Cab in the other semi-final, I think were, they were playing Bally Bowden and I think it was fairly similar, like I think two or three points in it. Um, and then obviously the final, there was only the two points in it. Um, but yeah, so it's just very, very, very competitive. And I suppose you can kind of afford to have an off game up there because there's five or six teams really that have serious potential to win a county. Um, so yeah, and, and I suppose like up there as well, um, because there's so many girls from across the country kind of living and working up there. Um, like there's an awful lot of, of tran club transfers up there so um, I suppose that can kind of change maybe the makeup of the team as well. So uh, the kind of the teams up there and the um, composition of them, I suppose, are kind of constantly changing as well. Um, so, yeah, no, but I, I really enjoyed it up there now. And um, the girls were just, um, yeah, the girls were just so welcoming. And um, just even the management, like um, Paddy O'Donoghue and... Um, all the team there, like they just really made me feel just so welcome, and um, yeah, just just couldn't have asked for just a nicer group of girls, and uh, yeah, just really really enjoyed the year. And looking forward to going back next year to try and get it off Fox Rock Cab, try and get that title. They they they've been yeah. dominant for a while now. <laughs> yeah, I've um, it was actually funny. Like I, <laughs> we'd know sooner kind of the game. Um, it, the game kind of lost and. Uh, after the game, we were back at the clubhouse and I was kind of being asked, like, oh, what's the story now with next year? Is there a job lined up in, uh, in Dublin? So, look, I'm, I'm kind of still trying to figure out that uh, that bit of it. Um, like, I suppose, like, kind of in a year's time, like, my, like I'll be starting my training contract in Dublin with um, a solicitor's firm up there. So, like, I suppose, kind of long-term I probably will be based in Dublin, but um, just for the next kind of 12 months, I'm not 100% sure where I'll kind of be based, but um, certainly kind of more long term, like my training contract is um, is in Dublin. So I suppose um, I probably will be looking up to move up there probably kind of um, over the next 20, 18, 24 months. Okay, all good things and all positive. That's good to hear. Um, I'm sure Nafina will be delighted to hear that as well. Um, before we just finish up by talking about the, the Cavan and the Kerry games, I, I, I kind of have to ask you as well just about the Libby Coppinger and Fiona Keating and the five girls that have been kind yeah. of caught in the crossfire of the Ladies Football Association and the, the Camogie. Now, thankfully, the, the Galway, the initial game has been sorted, but there's still the scepter of those other two potential fixture clashes. I know you know Libby quite well and you've played with Fiona Keating before. Um, just your take on it, of how difficult and just how unfortunate it is that these five are caught in the middle of it um, when it looks from the outside looking in I don't know whether you share that view a bit of communication and perhaps a little bit more leeway might just solve what seems to be a very solvable situation no absolutely yeah I suppose like as kind of my friends first and foremost like it, it just really angers me that the girls are being put in that situation like there are five girls I, I'm lucky I'm very good friends with them all and you know, I suppose you never want to see your friends kind of being put in that position. So 
I suppose that's kind of my initial feeling to it is just kind of pure anger like that um the girls are being for like when they should be allowed the time to concentrate on championship and I suppose getting their bodies getting their heads right they're being forced to kind of fight their corner like this um so I suppose that's that's my initial reaction um I suppose I've kind of over the last couple of weeks been fairly disappointed with um maybe the governing bodies I know in fairness to the Camogie I think they've moved they have moved the uh, Cork Galway Camogie game to the Sunday so at least that first um that first fixture is um somewhat um sorted um but I think like the Cavan when we're supposed to be playing Cavan like there's another clash that day and I think there's another clash down the line as well so this is an issue that's by no means sorted um so look I suppose um same as the girls were saying like there just needs to be greater communication um there I just like (laughs) Hannah said to me like you know what's going on in these meetings like that they can't get it and I said Hannah I don't know are there these meetings even happening like so um yeah it's it's just incredibly frustrating really um like you know the girls are you know on the road every night of the week and I think the least we can try and do is maybe (laughs) the least we can do is facilitate them playing the two sports um and I just think it's just really just not good enough from the governing bodies like I saw a tweet uh last week I think and they said that like the dual stars are one of the most marketable aspects of women's GAA and so like why are we throwing them under the bus now and forcing them to choose you know um like these are girls who literally put their heart and soul into everything um I just I just really really think it's not good enough and I suppose I've kind of been a small bit disheartened maybe with like the likes of kind of 20 by 20 and her sport and that they have like it's great it's great to support women's sport when it's popular to do so but you know the last two weeks have been really really incredibly tough for the girls and I suppose there was nothing from either of those two from 20 by 20 and you know their primary mission is supposed to be championing women in sports but like it has to be warts and all you know it wasn't it wasn't probably the popular thing to do to maybe intervene in this and stand up for the girls um but it should have been done you know and it can still be done um so I I suppose I'd like to see greater greater support from them maybe and to get behind the girls and you know, Hannah said to me there lately, like this this is a women in sport issue. Like people say that the main problem with women in sport is that the women don't support other women. But the two organizations are making it extremely hard to do that, you know, if we've no communication um between the two. So look, I think it's probably an issue that's not going to be sorted overnight. But I think, you know, with everything going on this is an issue that needs it can't the can can't be kicked further down the road every single year like how many times are the girls gonna have to speak out about this just your heart a break for them like like even like I was talking a good bit to like Libby and Hannah last week and they were both at the height of stress from it like do you know like it's just you know I suppose everyone is asking them like oh what's next what's next when they don't know themselves and 
you know, they're, they're doing all they can and, you know, they're not getting a whole lot back from the organisations. And, um, you know, look, I, I think probably the general media has been very good in kind of getting behind the girls. And I, I think that's been great to see. And maybe that wouldn't have been something you would have seen to the same extent, even like two or three years ago. So I think that's been great. So look, hopefully we can kind of keep that momentum up and, uh, you know, hopefully the girls won't be kind of put in that position going forward, even though I wouldn't be holding my breath. Yeah, unfortunately, I'd share that view. But as you said, look, hopefully something good will come out of this because of the reaction that has gone. Just finally, um, you know, Cork have got two tough games coming up. Um, you also have a bit of a job to get into that team. And I'm not being smart when I say that. I know you know that. There are yeah. some seriously good young players and minors that have come through. The intensity of the training sessions and just being back with Ethan, Paddy O'Shea and the gang must be nice, as you said, again, to get into that bubble, pardon the pun, and just, you know, get away from everything. But you have a job in your hands. But... Um, that's a good thing for Cork football. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I suppose like we've Kerry now, uh, I think it's the 7th of November. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, the Saturday, yeah. Um, so yeah, look, I mean, that's three weeks away and the competition at training is just like, it's insane at the moment. It's like you're fighting tooth and nail to try to get on that team. And I suppose like with COVID and everything, you know, the situation changes so quickly. Like you might have three or four girls missing for a training and, you know, you've to, that the the situation basically is constantly evolving. So everyone needs to be ready to play a part. And just, I just, (laughs) the competition is just, it's brilliant to see like, um, yeah, I suppose, like, same as a lot of players, like, I suppose being out for so long, I have a serious job on my hands to try and uh, to try and break back into the team. Um, there's an awful lot of players playing extremely well at the moment, but look, I suppose it's a challenge I look forward to and um, I kind of relish, but um, yeah, look, at, at the same time, I suppose just um, go out every training, just try to do my best. Um, and, you know, the main team is that we're, the main thing is that we're performing as a team and, uh, you know, I think everyone's delighted to be back and, uh, you know, everyone is, is playing very well at the moment. So, you know, as long as we're moving in the right trajectory as a team, that's kind of the main thing. And look, um, I suppose if there's kind of a job to do, um, anyone can kind of step in and uh, I suppose that that's the kind of the system we want to have in place. So, um, yeah, no, the, the competition is just... Um, just extremely extremely high at the moment and um, I suppose like only three weeks to the Kerry game now and you know we know we're going to have a serious battle on our hands there and um, you know they're a proven championship team over the years and um, yeah um, I know they've um, they've a lot of very good young players coming through like uh, Andy Murphy, Fina Tagney, kind of Hannah O'Donoghue like they have a serious serious inside forward line um that we're going to have to be very cognizant of um but look hopefully um you know we'll get a good few weeks training under our belt now you know a few challenge games and stuff lined up so um yeah look I suppose we'll take game by game um it's just great that we're back being able to play a bit of ball and uh look I suppose um yeah you you kind of just have to go out and enjoy every training session because you you don't know will that be your last one for a while so um yeah look um look there's it's 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 a it's a very it's a great environment to be in it at the moment and uh, we're all enjoying it
Good stuff, Neva. Listen, best of luck with the upcoming season and continued success, obviously, on and off the pitch in these uh, in these difficult times. But really appreciate your time today and thank you for talking to us. No bother at all. Thanks, Jeff. Access Credit Union has always been at the heart of our community through good and bad times. We want to continue to play our part in helping our community through the COVID-19 crisis. As businesses reopen, we encourage our community to work together by staying local, borrowing locally and spending locally. Access Credit Union is here to help. Welcome back to the Star Sport podcast and before we wrap things up this week here and you might give us a preview of what's to come in this thursday's southern star sports section yeah plenty going on jack you'll be delighted to hear i caught up with finton mccarthy the skibbering roar who recently won a bronze medal at the european rowing championships just to chat about how he's finishing 2020 as a better roar than when he started and he feels he's in good shape going into 2021 which is an olympic year so good stuff from finton there um, also, we have a feature on Bear United. Their um, adult soccer is back in the Bear Peninsula, and Jeremy McCarthy got up with the Bear United manager just to talk about suppose, how important it is that Bear uh, have an adult soccer team for the first time since 2012, and how they're really keen to make an impact in the West Cork League Championship when action resumes, um, hopefully in a couple of weeks' time. So that's another good piece by Jor. Also. There was an under-12 Rebel Oak kicking competition in Skibbereen last weekend. So oh, this is, Jack, it's a, a county-wide competition, but this was the Carberry final. So 18 clubs, 18 local clubs sent three um, under-12 players to Skibbereen last Saturday to take part in the kicking competition. Each player got 10 kicks, five off their left, five off their right, and then the, the, this was the, the scores were added together and the best accumulative score was the winner. So St. James's were crowned the under-12 champions for the second year in a row. I think they got 22 out of 30 on a windy day. So um, congratulations to them. And it's with a picture spread of that. So that, that's well worth well worth picking up this week's Southern Star for. Um, also, we feature two pages on Cork's win against Loud in the National Football League. Um, we talked to Paul Kerrigan actually earlier. So just looking at a little bit more in-depth in that. We also have interviews with Cork Ladies Football boss Evie Fitzgerald Karkamogi boss, Paddy Murray, and a lot, lot more. So plenty going on in this week's Southern Star. And also, just that in, I caught up with Castleleva manager James McCarthy just to see how he wants to, how he is keeping his Castlehaven team ticking over. Because as we all know, Castlehaven are true to the Cork County um, football final against the Rangers, but they don't know when that's going to be played. So James McCarthy is a very experienced manager, but even for him, to plan for a game that he doesn't know when when it will be played. Will it be played before Christmas? Will it be played in the New Year? How much notice will they get before it's played? It's kind of a, I suppose it's a it's a difficult position for for any team. So I got James McCarthy's thoughts on that. So plenty of reading in this week's Star Jack, and of course that will be available in shops across West Cork and beyond from Thursday morning. And if you can't make it to the shops, you can always pick up a digital subscription online. Just go on to www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper and you can read the Southern Star on your computer, tablet or smartphone for less than two euro per week. Now, Kieran, final word before we finish up today. We're obviously entering a brand new six-week lockdown. I don't think people are quite as enthused by it as they were the last time around but alas it's happening there's nothing we can do about it and I kind of just wanted to 
get an idea from you what do you plan to do with your next six weeks are there any series on netflix that you're you're looking forward to getting the chance to catch up with or are you looking forward to finding a new series on netflix that you want to binge over the next six weeks anything that you can suggest to our lovely listeners about how they can pass some time over the next six weeks i'm a late kind of um I suppose a late addition to the Netflix generation. I only joined up this year during the first lockdown, so I have years of Netflix series to catch up on, and we're currently in season three of Breaking Bad. I'm Very that's good. how far behind I am, Jack. Um, yeah, it's looked it's never too late for a show like that. What a show! Absolutely brilliant. So for any any listeners who've never seen Breaking Bad, and there's probably only a handful out there, um, I'd watch that. Absolutely superb. So. My advice for the, for the next six weeks, I think, is just we have to book it down and get on with it. It is what it is at the moment, you know, kind of. Um, it's it's not as severe as it was, well, in terms of a lockdown as it was earlier in the year. So um, Ah, but I think it's so, much worse. At least the first lockdown, we had long evenings, sunny days. Now it's rain, 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 darkness, misery, boredom. So I can't quite get as excited for it, despite the fact that maybe some services are open and at least the inter-county sport is still ongoing but uh, yeah not quite as enthused but what i will jump in and say about your breaking bad recommendation there for any of our listeners who has watched breaking bad like myself i'm sure there are many the prequel that was released after breaking bad better call Saul, well worth a watch as well absolutely brilliant television so uh, anyone who hasn't caught up on that one yet there's another one in the breaking bad universe for you kieran uh, and any final word my, actually, some advice. Throw up the Christmas decorations early, Jack. Um, we've had Christmas songs on in the house here. It's Channel 364 on, on Sky. It's Trace Christmas. It's a music channel. And we've had them on since since last week. And do you know what? Given the year that it is, I'm, I'm a Christmas animal. Anyway. I love Christmas. It's my, my favourite time of the year. So horse up those decorations early. Just get into the get into the mood because it's been a year like no other. But we can still celebrate Christmas and you can still have the house decked out get that Christmas tree up, um, maybe not October, maybe not before Halloween, but mid-November, I'd have no qualms but I'm, the I'm, Christmas tree. The, the, the first thing that comes to mind there now when you suggest getting Christmas going early, so we'll say, for example, if we were to throw up the decorations next week, it would give us like a, what, a 50-day run into Christmas. Does that mean you can also indulge in drinking and eating chocolate every day so I can crack open a few beers after work every evening, eat celebrations for breakfast, lunch and dinner for the whole 50 days as opposed to just the two weeks of the usual Christmas season? I've been doing that since the first lockdown, so I, I'm all in favour of that. That's the, the beauty of working from home, that the sweet press is just a couple of feet away, whereas at the office I'd have to walk up to the shop, but it's just so close when I'm at home. So I'm all for that kind of indulge, kind of do do whatever makes you happy. I think, you know, kind of um, like you said there, the, the nights are, the nights are dark, miserable weather out there. It's not a, probably, yeah, you're right, a great time to be locked down, but just keep positive, you know, I think keep positive and we'll all get through it and we'll all come out the other side. And yeah, I think just keep, keep the head up. Well, on that slightly more positive note than I was going to leave it on, Let's wrap things up. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast. We'll be back at the same time next week. If you enjoy these shows, please make sure to rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Slonga Fole.